Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In goes Stewart! They've only got a dozen! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! Hello, welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. We are on 209, I think now, episode number 209, throwing a few Glovers past as well for good measure. And yes, we've got some football to talk about this week. And Dave's here as well. Dave, say hello. Hi. How you doing, mate? Um, yeah. Average to middling. Average to middling. Good to soft, soft in places. And Ian Perkins is here as well. Ian Perkins, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks. Um, We're not talking about Ian's soft places, no? um, No, good to firm, firm in places. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Because he actually got to see some football. (laughs) I'm not going there. (laughs) Ian. It wasn't that good. (laughs) Well, let's discuss this. Ian, you were at uh, the Hewish of the Park to see the, as one person described it, me, the nil-nilist of all nil-nils when Yeovil Town and Maidenhead couldn't be bothered scoring goals on Tuesday. And yet, you don't feel horrendous about it. And we'd like to ask you why. Is that fair? Yeah, I don't feel horrendous about it. That's good. I think mainly because why? of that. Explain yourself. Of... <laughs> I think because Go to of... a game of football and enjoy yourself. How dare you? <laughs> Well, mainly because of the last half an hour of the game. I mean, the first 60 was very forgettable. Um, I think the only thing I wrote down, so my notes, first half bad. Um, 
referring to a Smith save. So the Grant Smith save, um, which you would have seen on the highlights where gets struck, takes a little bit of a deflection and like slows down and he just soars across the goal and tips it over. An immense save. And then the only other thing was you know, Ewan Clark's shot that went over. <laughs> but that was um, the first half was very, there was very little of note. The highlights in particular did show a very, very interesting substitution take part. And I thought that was one of the uh, one of the sure signs that it's probably not going to be a long highlights package. There was a, there was a good uh, handshake between the captains at the beginning and walking mm, out the that. tunnel. I did. I enjoyed that. That that was a good 45 seconds, I think. Yeah, that, I yeah. saw Josh Norton. Josh Norton did adjust the um Armband band for a couple of seconds Clap there. That, his hands and said, "Come on, lads." Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but let's flip it round a little bit because, like I say, we've all we've all read your conclusions, Ian. And why 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 are you laughing at that? I just feel like Ian's being interrogated for for <laughs> daring to suggest that he enjoyed himself. Well, not enjoyed himself, but he doesn't want to, you know chuck himself off a bridge because he uh, watched a game of football that was so terrible. Hey, we got a point off a team above us in the league. <laughs> that's, that's true, yeah. And we didn't concede a stupid goal in the last five minutes or stoppage time. Positives. Okay. Come on, be more Barrett. Um, so, you said that you personally felt rejuvenated. I thought that was a word I wanted to highlight when you were chatting to us after the match. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what has rejuvenated you yeah, well, on I didn't the airwaves? Mean, yeah, back I on didn't... the airwaves, back sort of you've taken a bit of time from not being a professional and you're back, you're feeling good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I wasn't particularly rejuvenated by the, the football as such. Uh, it was just, yeah, I think the negativity and the dourness of what has been was kind of replaced with, oh, we got a new manager now. People aren't screaming at the side of the pitch, telling managers to go back to BT. It was just a, yeah, just a little bit. Personally, just for me, it felt very different from the older shot game. Um, yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, a very good thing. Um, I'm not sure what question to ask you about the actual football because there wasn't a lot of it, but new players. Let's talk about new players. Giorgio and Oluwabori. I haven't read it. Promise. Promise you're not reading that one. Have you Have you noticed that Mark Cooper just calls him Andrew all the I, time? Absolutely. <laughs> way in, in, in his uh, press conference today, he called him Andrew the right winger. <laughs> and it was like, that is, you know, it's like his parents knew what he was going to do for a job. <laughs> Andrew the right winger. Oluwabori, is that right? Oluwabori? Oluwabori. In What's a story, of... Oluwabore? Wouldn't you like to know? Well, oh, I've been told chance. that has got to, that has got to be. That's the chant, isn't it? I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give that to Ryan Jones because Ryan Jones told me he messaged me saying, "Are you familiar with the theme tune to a popular children's show, What's the Story in Balamori?" And I said, "I am aware of it." And he said, "What's the story, Oluwabore? Wouldn't you like to know?" Story with Oluwabore, wouldn't I? Thought you were gonna go down a bit of a trendier route and go with Oasis. And that's oh, yeah. the story, Alawabari. <laughs> Ian is, is doing the whole Liam Gallagher thing yeah. with his microphone now. Yeah. Yeah. Got his... anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
the, the tribute band the, the tribute the tribute band is not coming soon. Um how many times do you think Balamori has been mentioned on this podcast in 209 episodes? That's got to be a debut for Balamori, isn't it? Probably. Probably. Um, boys. On... Strong strong debut from Balamori. Well done. Yep. <laughs> how, <laughs> how, how did um, What's the Story Balamori get on? And, and did, how like... did Giorgio get on? Uh, let's start with Giorgio because he played more of the game. Um, there's definitely something there i think the relation the relationships aren't quite there with his teammates as of yet but in terms of what he offers us that we haven't really had this season a, a proper left-footed left winger playing on the left for a start which is good um and looks like technically a lot better than some of our players you know you know charlie wakefield as good as he is he'll you know knock the ball around someone and chase it on Giorgio looks, he's got real class and some sort of, you know, technique about him where it looks like he might be able to help us unlock things and, yeah, forward thinking and pacey. Um, but I think, you know, we didn't see, probably didn't see enough of him in the final third, but, you know, he was playing his first game with Alex Fisher, with Ewan Clark and, you know, new teammates around him to um, adapt to. And then on the hour? Um, Balamori comes on for you and Clark. How did uh, how did he settle in? Because um, a few people seem to be quite excited about him. Yeah, well, he just he got the ball and just sprints forward with it. I just runs forward, no fear, and other than the Maidenhead defenders who were extremely fearful, and he just yeah just picked up and ran with it. And it was very hard to say Oliver Bori fast because he just he gets the ball and he's like and he's gone and it, it was um. Yeah, it was, a, again, a different kind of winger than we've had all season, like really electric pace. Um, I think he was lucky to stay on the pitch at one point. I think the general feeling was he should have probably been sent off. Um, yeah, he had a little bit of a kick out with someone, didn't he? Or a little bit of a bit of afters? Yeah, it was just chasing the ball and, and there was players in front of him. And I think one of those where he stretched out a leg to tackle it because it's a little bit far in front of him and gets a lot of the man but you know national league refs and all um out between one and seven uh seven being he is basically him and one being now completely different how just noise feel is he um good question thank you yeah, it's hard to say because <laughs> Fast, takes people on, likes to go with it, plays without fear. Sounds a bit just Noyfield to me. Yeah, but like in terms of how he how he is as like the type of footballer he is, yeah. quite different because Nerfell okay. obviously always played on the left and came inside and was you know a little bit different, I'd say. Whereas this guy is rapid and direct and wants to get round the fullbacks and yeah, there, there's definitely obviously we don't want to pile too much pressure on him just yet because he's a kid who came down on the train he was meant to come down on the train on monday but the train strike scuppered him so he came down on the train on tuesday because he can't drive yet um just a nice little story i thought <laughs> he's um yeah there's there's a class there's some there's real class there and i think one of the things matt worthington said after was how refreshing it was to have him on the pitch because of him just alleviating pressure on that midfield because 
the ball sticks to his feet and he really drove into those corners and drove at the defence, which just allowed them time to sort of reset. And I think, you know, one of the big criticisms of us before was we lose the ball and immediately our midfield's overrun, um, which that wasn't really the case on Tuesday. How was that midfield? Because obviously Jamie Andrews got um, got the sort of sponsors man of the match. Matt Worthington seems a lot more chipper. I thought his post-match press conference was quite upbeat, quite positive. Um, that midfield starting to show signs. Staunton coming in the middle as well, though. Yeah, I thought Jamie Andrews was brilliant. I think again, we've we've just got more balance in midfield, and it's like something as simple as we've got a left-footed centre midfielder now to play on the left side of centre midfield and we've got a left-footed winger and we've got a left-footed left-back and we've got one left-footed centre-back, although jury's out. Um, I think, yeah, Andrews is really good. A different type of midfielder that I thought he was going to be. I guess we kind of thought he was going to be a bit of a destroyer, you know, six foot one, tall and legs. He reminds me a bit of Joe Rules. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that type of player. Um, good technically and, and likes to pass, good on set pieces. Yeah, yeah. Bit of touch of the Joe Rules man. That feels like an upgrade on Sam Perry, as we found out that he's disappeared back to Warsaw. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and he, he more physical, I would say. I think Sam Perry, it feels like Sam Perry's sort of still perhaps growing into his physique a bit, whereas. Yeah, Jamie Andrews looks a lot more ready to cope with the rigours of National League hoop housery. I'm getting I'm getting Sonny Blue Low Everton vibes about Sam Perry. I like him. Clearly gonna have a decent career in football, but he's just not built yet for in the middle of a dogfight at the bottom end of the champ of the bottom end of the National League. You've moved us on a bit then. I have, yeah. <laughs> Give it a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Would you is that is that a fair assessment? I haven't seen obviously. Yeah, obviously I think so. Perry. I think so. I mean, different totally different kind of players. Yeah, but that same stage in the career where you can tell they're gonna be good. And I mean, I ironically, I think Sam Perry might go back and if he's not in the Warsaw side but before too long, I think it might be a bit of a surprise, but you're not gonna get the same hustle and bustle at Warsaw. You're gonna get more time in the ball to be creative in the National League, you haven't got it. That because you've got Tom Knowles in your team. Don't upset yourself here. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry to myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I think Perry, I don't know. I, I feel like there was quite a lot about about Sonny Blue Low Everton that there probably isn't about Sam Perry. I thought Sonny was brilliant technically. I don't we didn't I don't think we saw a lot of that. You know, he had that concussion, didn't he? And really struggled against Scunthorpe at the start in the first game. And mm. I don't know. I don't think we will have, I don't think we saw the best of him by any stretch compared to, you know, what Walsall fans told us when we'd signed him that we'd got a hell of a player, but yeah, didn't quite click. And, you know, I think maybe some of that is down to, you know, the situation with Chris Hargreaves. You talk about Matt Worthington being chipper, you know, he said when, they found out that Mark Cooper was going to be the manager. He knew that, that they were going to be playing football. And I think he talked about the training sessions being structured. And I, I don't think he was saying that they weren't structured, but he did, like you said, he did really seem a bit energized about the situation. And I think you can tell there's a lot more of a plan 
I think after the halftime break when they came out, it was obvious they'd you know been spoken to. And Mark Cooper said after how the, the confidence of the team is so low. And you could tell that in the first half. In the first half, there was a reluctance to shoot, a nervousness about you know making sure you didn't concede. And then in that second half, whatever he said to them at half time, it just they just lift. There was confidence. They got the ball on the floor. They got it going forward. I think at one point on commentary, I talked about how for Alex Fisher stuff, he, you know, it wasn't bouncing right for him. He wasn't getting hold of the ball. And um, I forget what the strikers called Aqua from Maidenhead. He was just sticking a leg out, and it was going to his own teammate, and everything seemed to be sticking to him. And then all of a sudden, from about the 60th minute onwards, Alex Fisher didn't lose a header. He won absolutely everything. And it was just, it was like, it was, it must've been a confidence thing. And I don't know if that came from Oliver Bory coming on. See how I did that. And um, you've been practicing. Yeah, I have. I've been just walking around the house saying Oliver Bory very quickly <laughs> in preparation for Gateshead. Um, I think that just provided confidence. That just added confidence to all of the team. And yeah, we didn't get the goal. We didn't, you know, find that winner. But at the same time, Maidenhead were the ones under the pressure for the last, you know, the, the closing stages of the game rather than us. And we could have nicked it. There was a, you know, there, there was a half chance for Alex Fisher after a cross. We could have got something. But I think the biggest thing was the supporters were really up, like, like really up. And it was, you know, I think we probably referred to it on commentary, but it was noticeable just how improved the atmosphere was, especially in, you know, as soon as the performance was upped. And I think Mark Cooper saying after the game that, you know, he saw the energy from the fans and we need to harness, did he say harness Hewish Park or something like yeah, that? Yeah, tap he? into the power of Hewish Park. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, and... I don't think he meant the actual power, you know, electric bills and everything, <laughs> but yeah, get get you all on uh, exercise bikes to power the floodlights. <laughs> yeah, and, and you could tell it. You could tell that the players felt that noise and felt that, you know, that appreciation from the supporters and they upped their game. And, you know, you're not going to get it without playing well at the moment. That's just the way the way the situation we find ourselves in at them. But yeah, I think if we can start like that on Saturday and, you know, really go for it, try and get that reaction from the off rather than for the last, then fingers crossed we can turn something round. And I was, I think I'm optimistic because it did feel like a dramatic improvement. We went from hanging on, you know, hanging on for a draw in previous games or losing or, you know, chasing a game without really ever being in it to we could have won. We look more likely to win it. And that's, you know, we got to take some sort of positive and try and be a bit more confident. Yeah. And we've spoken recently on a recent podcast about how the games that are coming up are really important given the our our predicament and also the games that we then have after that sort of um double header with uh with with Torquay so it does feel like we need to hit the ground running um now doesn't it we need to th th this is when we've really got to start to deliver and listen to the manager talk this afternoon that's press conference about how they've been doing things to try and make it a more enjoyable place to come because I imagine you know the last 
this season so far probably hasn't been that much of an enjoyable place to come and we've all been to work where you walk into an office or a factory or a shop or wherever it is you work and it's all a bit crap um and that people respond to that doesn't it so sounds like he said he kept referring to we uh, i don't think richard dryden's not been appointed is he or, or or mentioned in any way apart from him being at that game at maidstone so i mean he was talking about we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that and the staff and all of this which i, I can only assume means chris todd marcus stewart occasionally maybe scott wickens those kind of maybe that is the we he's talking about but it certainly sounds like there is a it's more than just drilling them and coaching them and saying let's get more xg passages of play and final box entries and all of that nonsense i don't really understand do you know as well i think when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago before he was confirmed as manager you know we talked about rattling cages starting fires fighting fires ruffling feathers i think he's probably taken the total opposite approach to that from from what the way he's spoken i it is just a, a at this stage it feels like it's a confidence building yeah. exercise and yeah you say we it's it is Chris Todd and Marcus Stewart or Marcus Stewart trying to get in the gates this morning gates were locked <laughs> right. Marcus Stewart's in Marcus Stewart for God's sake get him in there <laughs> and then he like lifted his shirt up did that weird thing like he did it yeah when he scored at Nottingham Forest <laughs> anyway. yeah um yeah yeah, like I said, I think it's just he's taken a totally different approach than we thought, and I think that's probably good. They probably didn't need someone going in there screaming at them, telling them they've been shit for the last... Yeah, yeah they're probably aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think okay. af- after as well, I think that's the other thing that sort of boosted my feeling as well, was the fact that he you know, referred to Louis Britton and sort of... <laughs> name dropped him randomly and we didn't really clock it and all of a sudden we were like who the hell's louis britain and (laughs) look him up and he's like ex bristol city fell out with nigel pearson um i over in ireland at the moment and he's yeah what did he say he he said anything he'll score goals i think yeah probably i I don't know if he said it on air or not but he said stuff will go in on his backside um and just another striker to help us out really and obviously we don't know what the terms of the deal are if it's a loan if we're signing him it's all a bit doesn't really seem to be playing for cork from what i can tell doesn't uh, he, i think he joined him in the summer um after has leaving the, has, their se- has their season started because they have they have a funny season in ireland don't they they don't start at the same time as we all do have they not? I, have they not just finished? Like just? Yeah. I thought. Yeah, I because he because he won the title with Cork. Mm. So division one title, I'm sure, and that's now it done finished. He scored nine goals, seventh top scorer in the division. Right. Okay. Oh, I I maybe have uh, misread the um the fixture list then because and and that may be because I wasn't expecting it to be uh. So their yeah. last competitive fixture was on the 21st of October. Um, oh, yeah. 2-0 win an, away. He was an unused sub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. But, I mean, it sounds like he's got 
you know, credentials. I mean, he probably doesn't end up at Bristol City at some point, no. being a, a crap footballer. No, so... I mean, looking at Wikipedia, it looks like he scored a lot of goals in the Bristol area, Brislington, Mangotsfield, places like that. And then signed for Bristol City. Scored one one in one by the looks of it at uh, for for Bristol City. Scored one in a uh, he, he mentioned today, didn't he? That he had a uh, championship goal to him. They lost uh, <laughs> they lost they lost three one on the final what could well be the final game of the season. Uh, lost three one at um, against Brentford, and he came on in the seventy second minute, uh, and he scored in the eighty seventh minute. So that's one in one. That's pretty good, isn't it? Is is scoring goals in the Bristol area like scoring goals in the Coombe St Nicholas area? It's like the um, it's like David Beckham territory, yeah. <laughs> the corridor of uncertainty. <laughs> um, he scored a load of goals for Waterford in Ireland yeah. before he joined Cork. Ten in seventeen, it says on again That'll Wikipedia. Do. The proof. Of... I, I don't think it was enough to keep him up, but. Scored a couple on loan at Torquay. He's been to other National League clubs. Yeah, got a little bit of pressure on him. A little bit of pressure on him. But what I'm pleased with, and sort of I hadn't really clocked it until now, is if he was playing up until two weeks ago in Cork, he doesn't need a pre-season. He's kind of had it. So he can kind of go straight in, um, which I think will probably be quite good. Once the home office sort out there. Yeah, still not done, is it? Well, any Oval fans voted for you know what this is on you <laughs> it sounded like Mark Cooper was like on his way up there to like force the issue <laughs> <laughs> who's the Home Secretary oh it's this week Braverman Cruella yeah, yeah. Cruella Braverman um, yeah so yeah I think I don't know we know we need more up front and mm. you know we can't judge anyone I think it's out it's from his Wikipedia bio, he's got more goals in it than Alex Fisher, I would think. Because prolific he yeah. is not. Uh, so yeah. let's hope so. Is, is there anything else you want to ask me about that game? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I'm, I'm quite happy with everything that you've said and I'm going to feel suitably uplifted and positive about... Um, the heed coming to Hewish Park. Before we talk about the heed, yeah. should we talk about Charlie Wakefield's documentary? We can, absolutely. Yes. Have we all watched it? Yes. I've absolutely watched it, yeah. We're going to ask you the questions now, and how, how do we all feel after after <sighs> watching it? That was a bit of a tough watch, wasn't it? The, um, I wasn't prepared. I, no. 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 I mean... Even though we'd probably heard a lot of people or maybe secondhand, thirdhand heard about some of the things that people spoke about, particularly the stuff with Skivo, which I think anyone who listened to it will will, will agree. Um, hearing them talk about it was, yeah, just, I mean, you, you say about these things, you, you, you can't imagine what it must be like, but situations like people experience there, it's beyond any of our comprehension what that must have put someone through but yeah unbelievable and probably continues to put oh god yeah absolutely doesn't leave you something like that does it but yeah but it was um uh it was good to hear i mean we'd obviously heard darren sal talk a lot 
um, in the past. It was I, I liked what he said about the way that you know, when he was growing up, you couldn't do all of that. And Mark Cooper was asked about it today. And um, and he said the same thing, you know, when he was a player. It, it just wasn't a done thing to say that you were struggling um, with your mental health. It, it just wasn't. And that's, you know, that's obviously just the way things were then. But And, and Darren Sarles said something similar, didn't he, about how when he was growing up, he was told he's got to be a man and he's got to stand up and all of this kind of thing. Um, but then hearing him say, if somebody, if, if somebody like that, who is on, on, on the outside, is a, uh, a big burly bloke. If you can hear someone like that saying that that these things are okay and um, that we do have to talk about all, all of this, then uh, I think several people have said if it helps one person, then it was absolutely hundred percent worth doing. But yeah, good on good on Charlie Waitful because it sounds like he took it on himself to do it as opposed to no one said to him, "Oh, Charlie, you know what you should do is blah blah blah." But but yeah, so nah, yeah, it was good. I thought, yeah, and the same, you know, we, we talked about like players having jobs outside of football, didn't we? And it's like, like part-time documentary filmmaker, Charlie Wakefield. It was really good, really good. And I think the other thing that stuck out for me on it was the chat with Luke Wilkinson and Lawson Diath and Ada Youssef on the pitch and how you know, Luke Wilkinson was really honest, wasn't he? And how he's, you know sought help afterwards and yeah that need to talk and you kind of think you know he's the same bracket as a Darren Sal I would think in terms of certainly the way he plays football on the pitch um he said um he said he'd been through something with his sister I think it was and he said something that kind of hit me he said I didn't properly grieve yeah didn't allow himself time to grieve and that just kind of that hit me a bit it, it really wasn't an easy watch at all um Watching Skivo in particular, I think we all agree that was probably the most heart wrenching. But yeah, just made you made you think. It made me think about myself. It made me think about quite a lot of things actually. You know, it's great that Charlie is shining these lights on, and great that we're having these conversations. Um, but yeah, it made me think about myself and the way I've been and the way I felt about certain things, and whether or not I've been honest enough about it. And yeah, it just got me got me thinking. That's not, that's not very rarely a bad thing. If you're going to be prompted to think about yourself from within, then that's a good thing. It, it goes back to that thing we talked about, you know, on the anniversary of Lee's death, doesn't it? How it needs to be part of the club and things like this. You know, Charlie Wakeford doing that further extends that and shares the you know the story of the club further and. If, you know, like I said all along, if we can sort of be that, you know, that beacon of hope and like awareness of a situation off the back of a, a like awful, truly awful um, situation, then we can use it for good. And these are the type of things that do that. Here, here. So if you haven't watched it, Go and watch it. It's on. Watch it. It's on. Uh, where can you see it? Is it on the club's YouTube it's... or his own YouTube? It's on his own, I think. Yeah. It's on his own one. It's on his own. Yeah. Cool. Um, Dave, you've been chatting to Gateshead support. I have. Well. I've been chatting to a Gateshead fan who is also called David, just to make it simple or Another difficult. One. 
another one. They get oh, everywhere, yeah. this lot. Did you do it last week? Wasn't it a David last week? Was it a Dave? I'm sure you had a I, I Dave think, a couple I, I of weeks think, ago. Yeah, there's a David. It was an Oldham fan, wasn't there? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And then I think, was a was it a JP who was the guy from uh, Maidstone? So, that's oh, in between. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, yes, I have. This is David from the Heed Army podcast. The Glovers cast has teamed up with the good people at the Terrace to give two lucky fans the chance to win a Yeovil Town mystery box. To enter, simply head to thegloverscast.co.uk and fill out the form. It really is that simple. The Terrace is a perfect place to find a full range of officially licensed Yeovil Town merch with something for everyone. There's a Glovers gift for every stocking this festive season. Very best of luck if you're entering the Glovers cast giveaway. It's one entry per person. Entry opens on November the 1st and closes on November the 30th. The winners will be contacted after the draw is made on the 1st of December. Okay, so this is Dave, and I am joined tonight by another Dave, and this is uh, David from the Heed Army uh, podcast, a Gateshead FC podcast. So, David, first of all, welcome to the Glovers cast. Ah, thanks for having us. No, well, yeah, very welcome, and um, uh, yeah, appreciate you you joining us. We we need someone um, from a team who can be as miserable as we are with regards to um, <laughs> with regards to form. And uh, we did have a we had a chat the other week with a Maidstone United fan. He was probably just about there as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, we're talking now on uh, on Wednesday evening, and uh, Torquay United have just gone a, a goal up, which puts Gateshead uh, bottom of the um, of the National League. I, I suppose it's probably a bit churlish of me to, to start with asking, uh, in, in that case, how have you found the season? Because you're back after two, and I think we calculated, two and two-thirds of seasons away in National League North. How, how have you found the return? Um, it's been a frustrating one because we haven't overly played bad in most of the games. We've been very competitive, um, but we have just been absolutely plagued by injuries this season, um, front and back. The midfield's been fine. Um, but defensively, um, the other week we had three of the, the first choice back four out. Uh, then we've had uh, strikers that we've brought in that haven't even played yet. Uh, one of them still. Um, so it's just been an, a, a tale of injuries. That's been really our downfall at the moment because we play a good brand of football. You, you'll probably see, I'm hoping you'll see on Saturday. Um, you know, we play from the back. We, you know, we possession based and we can break quick and um but that said the new forwards that have come in haven't hit the ground running as you would have hoped but last season we were spoiled with Macaulay Langstaff of course who's now setting the world alight at Notts County I was gonna um, ask you about this because that was quite a blow was it I mean lo- losing him and you lost uh, was it Edwin, yeah, they both, they both scored last night as well. Uh, they right. both uh, settled in very well at Notts County, and I, I knew they would. They were, you know, they were very, very good players. You can tell they're they're going to go probably further, whether it's with Notts County or with other clubs. But it, you see, I, I've been following Gated for so long now. There's always been a, a kick in the balls around the corner, and the <laughs> is as I say has happened in recent years, but. The way the club's run now, years gone by, we wouldn't have got anything for those players. And we sold those players for money, uh, which is for a club our size. And and I'll go into it a little bit later on, probably with other questions that you ask us, but uh, we're a fan-owned club now. So to have players go on that we've brought in for effectively nothing and sell them on with a, I think one of them's got a sell-on clause. I think one was activated on the um, buyout 
of the contract. So, you know, it's uh, positive steps the club has took. We've took massive steps forward in such a short space of time. But hopefully, um, as I said, I meant I'll go back to the, the state this season, we can get some, you know, players back fit and, and hopefully get a bit of form because we, we looked all right against Notts County. We got praised against Wrexham earlier in the season. So we know we can compete with the big boys. We just need to get some consistency and, and hopefully these injuries just seem to level out somewhat. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I want I want to come back to that because obviously one of the strikers you've mentioned there is one that's familiar to um uh, to us, Adi in Adi Yusuf. But I just wanted to go back to to what you said there because it's about um being demoted and there being some uh, financial irregularities. I think at the time that you were um, demoted to to the National League North. Had was that a, a, a tipping point for the club? You say obviously fan owned now. Is that was that the time that things changed? Well, we go back. If I, I'll, I'll set the scene, we had um, Graham Wood, who was a lifelong Gated fan, got us to Wembley. Um, uh, you know, as chairman, and um, felt he had took the club as far as he could. Plus, he was you know he, he's a he's probably not meant to say in a ripe old age, and you know he wants to enjoy his uh, his latter years without having the stress of running a football club. And then we got new owners come in who put a lot of money in, uh, didn't get the return on the pitch, maybe what they expected. And then uh, the Bennetts, as it were, they they said that they were going to move on and sell the club. And at that point, you think, well, who's going to come in and buy Gateshead? You know, because it's uh, yes, to me, it's the best club in the world. But to prospective buyers, it's a football club that's in a council-owned ground with no assets. So we had a a, a Hong Kong businessman uh, come out of nowhere to buy the football club. Um, which quickly turned out to be the front for a, a, a fellow called Joseph Kalla, who, if you do a search on Google, you'll see he's tried to own and run numerous football clubs. Um, I'll give you an idea of how the man conducted himself. He drew, he dried his underpants on the radiator in the club office. So that, that yeah, that's sadly, <laughs> I know it's funny, but it's horrific because it's true. Um, and um Basically, he didn't have any money to run a football club. He didn't have any idea how to speak to people and conduct himself. Um, and, uh, yeah, the club suffered all season. We were asset stripped throughout the season. We sold uh, players throughout the season behind the manager's back. That was one of the reasons why one of the, the uh, Steve Watson, who was the manager at the time, left. Um, and it, but throughout all of this, the National League and the FA knew from day one that this man was involved when he's not allowed to be involved in a football club. And it wasn't until he left and the club was signed over to the fans that the club was punished. And that is the cry and shame. And that's why I've got no respect for the FA or the National League at the moment. Um, so, yeah, uh, maybe a little bit bitter coming from, uh, from a Gator wow. fan. But, uh, yeah, um, we were punished after the fact. Right. And that's and like you say, punished for something that it's always the way, isn't it? The supporters, the ones who are the, the consistent factor of whatever happens with a football club are the ones who get punished for the um, inadequacies of, uh, of other people. On a positive note, of course, we were demoted, hard to hard pill to swallow, but probably for the best because we didn't have a we didn't have a money man. The fan base was not the greatest at the time. Um, we were getting crowds well below a thousand. Fast forward a year and a half, and then obviously COVID comes along. Um, but 
last season, uh, the club continued training because they were full-time clubs still in the National League North. They continued training when the season was curtailed because obviously there wasn't any funding to do what was done the season before. So the, the club carried on training and the likes of Macaulay Langstaff, we were hearing rumours in April that he was absolutely flying. And you think, well, yeah, we've heard that before in training. The season started and it was just a whirlwind. It was the perfect season. I've never known anything like it. We, you know, even if we went 2 0 down, we still looked like we were going to win the game and often did. Um, so the, the club got back on a, a better footing in the community and with businesses. And uh, obviously the, the, the crowds surged as well. We were, you know, over a thousand, uh, hit towards 1500 some games. And um, just hope that we can get back towards that. The crowds haven't been too bad, but the FA Cup game last weekend wasn't the greatest. We were just over a thousand um, for a first round of the FA Cup at home, which isn't isn't great. But um, hopefully we can entice people back and pick up a few points. But uh, at the moment, I'd rather have the club where it is now than we could have. We could have. Well, we could have uh, been gone. We were literally forty eight hours away from starting at level nine. So. Yeah. Right. right. Well, well, there's um, I, I won't go into it now, but there's a lot of off the field things going on at Yeovil Town at the moment. And it's um, it's uh, cautionary to hear what you've said there, I think, with regards to your situation. But um, refreshing to hear how um, people pulling together can can really make a difference. We had a similar uh, story told to us by an Oldham Athletic fan who spoke to the um uh, the other week, but I'll uh, I'll leave that one there for for the yeah. for the Oval fans listening. But I I, I just wanted to um, obviously go back to to this season, and you'd you'd mentioned there about strikers who to come in um, and perhaps hadn't hit the the um, ground running. Adi Youssef, as I'd mentioned, is a is a player who's well known to Oval Town supporters, and probably uh, although. He was someone who scored goals just last season. He wasn't uh, universally adored by um, by the supporters. How, how has he done for Gateshead? Um, well, he, he didn't have a pre-season when we signed him. I think he came about probably about four days before the start of the season. So it was a case of getting a match fit. Um, the, you, you know, you'd have to be blind not to see the reactions online to when he signed for Gateshead. There was a lot of fans commenting online. And I'm always one of these people that likes to judge for myself before you see players because I've had we've had players at Gates and you think they're terrible and then they go on to play in the football league and you're thinking how um but uh Addy is growing into the um into his role uh we're a team that has to really work hard um his fitness is coming you can see him getting better and better um but uh say it goes for the whole front line at the moment they need to start scoring goals uh we got we got young Will Harris who we signed from he got released from Sunderland in the summer. He scored his first goal on Saturday in the FA Cup. So that's hopefully a morale booster for him and the other forwards that are coming back in. Because we've got Aaron Martin as well, who was with Harrogate Town last season, um, who looks a very good prospect, but it's trying to get him fully match fit as well to be able to play 90 minutes. And that's where we're at at the moment. So we've got, you know, strikers that haven't got 90 minutes in them at the moment. And uh it's just been, as I mentioned earlier, that the injuries have really been a thorn in our side this season. Right, yeah. Aaron Martin, the uh, centre-half, is that right? Or is he a no, centre-forward? Centre there is another centre Aaron Martin. I can't remember which, because it was. I had Aaron Martin on commentary with me. Yeah. And we were playing against the Aaron Martin that was on the pitch. Um, ah, so. right. 
Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that Aaron Martin uh, played for us the centre half, I think. But um, but they're, they're different Aaron Martin, I think. Yeah, but, this yeah. one was at Harrogate and Geisley. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, had a good goal scoring record there. And you can see he's, he's a very strong striker, very capable, yeah. something different to what we had last season, um, more of a physical presence, which I think we, we kind of lacked sometimes, even though we, we won the league. But uh, if, you know, if you're going to be pernickety, you, you would like maybe a stronger presence to hold the yeah. ball. Okay. Well, I suppose it just um, leaves to me to ask then, what are, what are you expecting from um, a trip to Yeovil on Saturday? Because that is one heck of a tripper. How, how many uh, supporters do you think will make the journey? I'm not sure. I would like to think that maybe maybe 50 make the trip down. There's a lot of expats living in the un- London area and also there's a, a West Peterborough supporters branch as well. So I don't know if they might be able to send a few down, but hopefully if there's a, a, up to 50 there, that would be a good turnout. But as you say, the time of year and obviously financial crisis, um, it's a long trip to make, isn't it? So hopefully if the fans get down there, they'll enjoy the day. But um, the, my co-host that I do the Heed Army podcast with, Mickey, he he went numerous times down to uh, Yeovil back in the 90s. Uh, so if you, if you join me tomorrow on my show, you, yeah, you might get some stories from then. But oh, uh, okay, great. Yeah, yeah. because um, yeah, I, I can remember, I think the last time we might have... Uh, Probably isn't the last time we played here. Yeah. It might have actually the last time we played. I think we got beat seven two at your place. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Oh, last I have to have, to have to look this one up. It's uh, I say I remember going up to Gate said um, we played a game against you. Oh, this would be back in the um, in the nineties as well. I think. I think, I think um, ninety seven ninety eight season. That was the season we got relegated from the. Oh, okay. Then so I think the last game of the season was down at Yeovil, and I think we got an absolute thumping. Right, I wasn't yeah. there, but uh, I think we yeah we we got a good pace, and I think. Right, right, okay. Well, obviously I'm going to be hoping that the uh, the history repeats itself, but given our goal scoring record and yours, um, uh, it's got uh, it's got nil nil draw written all over it. This now 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 that's guaranteed <laughs> uh, to jinx it and uh, give us all um all, all plenty of goals to look at, but. Fantastic. Well, David, it only remains for me to say um, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And um, uh, obviously after this weekend and for the um, for the return fixture, whenever that is, then um, all the very best for the rest of the season. Yeah, you too. And uh, say enjoy the game on Saturday. I'll try our best. Thanks a lot. Cheers. So thanks again to David from the Heat Army podcast. Um, unfortunately, he can't be there um, this weekend, but he, he reckoned there'd be a, 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 a good following there of uh, maybe 50 or so people. And to be fair, that is a heck of a journey, isn't it? I, I remember I remember going there once, I think, um, to the Athletic Stadium. And wow, yeah, that is quite some commitment to to travel from there. But I guess you don't support a football team in Gateshead and not expect to um uh, to travel a bit, do you? But yeah, so um I think it's a I think it might be a GCQ, so I might be preempting this one. But how many goals is Ada Yusuf gonna score against us the weekend? We've all read the script, haven't we? We've all read the script. None. Not gonna score any. We might not play. Even get off the bench. No, we'll keep him quiet. Max Hunt. Max Hunt's reborn. <laughs> He'll keep him quiet. Um, yeah, I, I'm. You'd like to think that our defenders will be more than capable. I think that's one of the. Yeah, Mark Cooper said it on Tuesday. You know, defensively, we yeah. we look sound. You know, it's yeah. 
and, and and they've only got two wins scored a few more than us but who hasn't um literally everyone scored more than us in the division um but yes they're they're definitely um struggling and when i was recording with him uh it was the the talkie game on wednesday night was still ongoing um as was gunthorpe wasn't it playing against wrexham um and yeah so i think talkie they swapped places with them uh and went bottom instead so they are still bottom yeah of the division and we talked about it last week but you know need to win don't we build some build a bit of breathing room between us and them and teams around us we need to start picking them up absolutely i mean the home form is i mean not horrendous and you think if you pick up a win against gateshead you can start saying things like one defeat at home in seven if you pick up a a win without conceding you can start saying well that's one two three four clean sheets in the last five or whatever it may be and those sort of runs start picking picking up at the moment you're still looking at mm, draws haven't scored there's no goal in however many minutes and all the rest of it um last home goal was the winner against solihull but that's that's the narrative you need to change and they need to change so it's not about one win one win takes us up one place in all likelihood it's not about one win it's about putting the start of a run together because it ain't going to get any easier after gateshead we've got to Notts county but again harnessing the power of Hewish park let's have it have it let's have it. i mean i think you know there'll be there might be those listening who think we were crap on tuesday and what the hell we're we talking about but i think if we can use that what the hell are you talking about we went yeah, there yeah, yeah, sorry, making yeah. your words for it yeah. yeah if we can use that last half an hour as a you know a springboard then you know an early goal will be massive like huge because you know if they're struggling at the bottom you know they're not the longer they go without conceding the, the happier they'll feel so let's get them early and try and kill the game off i would love to see us score two goals that I'd would be something see, that, that, would be, that would be that would almost be enough i always went full keegan then i mean they conceded two against chesterfield three against gunthorpe three against woking uh two against altrincham three against altrincham like three, three against yeah. Stevenage on, on in the Tuesday. fa cup yeah last saturday last saturday sorry yeah yeah so and you know, they haven't played, actually, have they? Their last game was that FA Cup game. Are they not? Gateshead, they're not playing the week. No, they didn't. No, no they, I noticed that they, yeah, they had a game less than everyone. I'm not yeah. sure why. Did they have someone who, were they meant to have somebody who's still in the cup or had a cup mm. replay, need to get the cup replay? Possibly. Well, because it aren't all the cup replays this weekend. Mm. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, FA Cup's pointless, Dave. Rubbish competition. Yeah. Somerset Men's Premier Cup is where it's at. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we can't score more than one against Gateshead. Which, you know, the trend is that we can't. Uh, let's buck it. Let's buck it. Mark Cooper's bucking glovers. Bucking? <laughs> oh, buck it, right, right. Buck the trend, right. I'm with you. All right, I thought you were. Okay. Thought you were a bucking bronco then. Yeah. But yes, that's all we can do, isn't it? That's all we can hope to do. Yeah. Either of you you coming down? 
Oh. Thought I thought I might have sold a few tickets with my. <laughs> yeah, tickets plus like very <laughs> expensive train or fuel bills. Yeah, <laughs> kids can get in for a quid though. Yes. Yeah. Dave can pass off as a kid. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> got a bit of just for men on the sides here, and I'll be well away, won't I? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and, it, probably... and it's only a fiver at Notts County the week after. It is. We'll be there, won't we, Ben? Uh, I hope so. Yes, I have a ticket for it. Whether or not I can physically attend or not is up up for up for debate still. <laughs> debate with who? Um, childcare services. Ah, uh, okay. uh, <laughs> i.e., mother-in-law. Uh, if okay. you're listening, Anne, can you be available, please? <laughs> Come on, Anne. Available. Right, have we got questions? We do have questions, but I've already asked one of them. All right, how many um, platforms have we got questions on tonight? Oh, Social that is a manager. good point. Have you got, um, yeah, we have got questions. In fact, can we start with the questions on um, Facebook? Because there, there are a few, actually. Okay, yeah, because I've got Twitter open, so that, that works. Okay, so got a question from Anthony Holmes. When are we going to get a creative midfielder? We just don't seem to have the ability to break teams down. When I say, I uh, break teams down, sorry, full stop. I have supported Yeovil since 1965. We need something to change. Another poor turn, turnout on Tuesday. People can only take so much disappointment. Sad times. He'll be listening to this screaming at his, uh, his stereo, <laughs> won't he? So, stereo. Stereo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> screaming days airpods or whatever um so yeah he's saying we need a creative midfielder now is jamie andrews that person no i think a, the way we're set up now i think a, you know i think worthy was a lot further forward i think josh staunton sitting in front gave license to those two to to get forward and get into spaces where we've not had any midfielders at all so far yeah. this season and i think the addition of proper wingers um with like chalk on their boots wingers will pay dividends at some point i, I really do i think it'll make a difference um so you know we're not gonna as much as i persist with it we're not gonna get you know gavin williams in that midfield <laughs> you're not gonna get a player of that quality and a proper attacking midfielder. i don't even know if they exist in this league you know we've Albi Skendi was probably that type of player when we had him, but he was not your traditional attacking midfielder, was he? He was a big bloke Definitely. in the middle of the park. Like, yeah, um, yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, I think as confidence builds, we might see Worthy getting into those spaces, and we, I think we'll see Jamie Andrews getting into them too. Hope so. I really, 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 really want Matty Worthington to do more of that. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want I don't want to get to the end of the season and ask the question, what do we get out of Matt Worthington? Because we've asked that a couple of times and yet every time I see him, I'm impressed by him. But just yeah. the numbers, the numbers in the columns don't add up. You know what I mean? The goals, the assists, things like that, they don't add up. But actually, every time I see him, I go, God, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's that. I I and is there a touch of obviously Lee Johnson scored a lot of goals and you know Darren Wade popped up with goals, didn't he? Is there a touch of if Worthy's out, you think Jesus Christ, we miss Matt Worthington? Mm, gotcha. Yeah, but yeah. when he's in the team, there's an element of 
What's, what does he do other than like run and keep possession? Like there's that, yeah, that end product argument, isn't there? He is good. Um, another question. Hmm. Uh, Hilton Maidstone on uh, Facebook asks, are season ticket holders, fans that travel and exiles more patient than most? Is it the hope that hurts? Hope does hurt. Hope does hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Season ticket holders and exiles more patient. I think I think the question is which of these groups is is more patient? Season ticket holders, fans that travel, or exiles more patient than most? Who's? Yeah, I don't really understand the question. But of that three, I think season ticket holders are more patient. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Uh, the toxic <laughs> atmosphere that that passed Aldershot, the crowd turning quite early this season, as opposed to. I don't previous think, seasons. I don't think any of the kids who were on the Thatcher's Terrace were your classic season ticket holders. No, but no, but we've talked about the other. We've talked about the side stands turning earlier this season. How many season ticket holders are there? I, I think there's an. I think there's an argument that people who are more disconnected with the club get annoyed quicker because they. They're not necessarily at all the home games and see it. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's an interesting thought because you're right. Because when people sort of dip in once or twice in a six seven month period, because that's the Saturday they can actually do it. Yeah. And they get to go to a Tuesday night game in front of less than two thousand people, and they don't see a shot on target for seventy minutes, and things like that. You can understand why they go. Well, I'm not doing that again. Mm. But. I, I mean, as as an exile, I get I get frustrated easier than I thought I would. I've I, I lost my patience a lot quicker this season, but last season with Darren Saul, there was plenty of Saul outs, and at no point was I ever Saul out. So I don't know. That's a very intriguing question. Hmm. Maybe we'll do a poll. Who is the most patient? <laughs> season ticket holders, fans that travel, or exiles? And I, I guess might. exiles and fans that travel are probably the same thing, aren't they? I might have some actual data. Data from the from the survey from the oh, sur- the, res- the end of season survey. Ilchester Analytica here is going to uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to mine his data. <laughs> um, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, but I mean, okay. there was there was definitely a there was definitely a trend that on that survey that. Season ticket holders, you know, didn't support boycotting, didn't support, you know, more like drastic means of protest or, you know, they're generally a bit more um, placid. That's not the word I'm looking for. You know, I mean, to soft, soft in places again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. About, you know, about, about things. Mm. It's a fair point, and and I, I, I will, will never be told. I'll never unleash the, the the secrets, will they? But I wonder what the breakdown of our season ticket holders is like. Whether or not we do have a slightly older generation of season ticket holders who don't listen to three idiots moaning on a podcast, who just pick up the Western Gazette and turn up, kind of no matter what, because it's just what they do. I bet they're people who shout. I reckon if they shout something, they shout, "Sort it out," and then insert manager's name afterwards. Sort it out, Sal. 
Sorted out our grapes. Yeah, I heard that a few times. Not had to sort out Cooper yet. I think it's probably a bit unfair to say that to him, isn't it? A bit but, early. But you yeah. two, you know, as exiles, you're the ones who are going to turn first, aren't you? Yeah, well, we're the first turn as well. I don't know. We're waiting to find out about the data, but we can come back to that. Because Hilton has another question. Uh, well, actually, I think we've answered one of his questions. He's got three. And he did say, can we give Charlie Wakeful's um, mental health video a plug? We have done that. And ask, how does football become more mental health friendly? Do we think we've covered that one? Or does anyone want to say anything else on that? That's the, that's the big question, isn't it? How do you do it? And I, some of those ideas that Lawson Diaz came up with there, about having people that are independent and they are like nominated. So whether one person takes care of the Southwest and once a month, someone turns up, it's, it's, it's Yodel's turn to have such and such a councillor turn up today. He sits in an office somewhere. And if you want to go and see him at any point, just book in, go and go and see this person, go and see this person and have a chat. Maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. And the way to make mental uh, football more mental health friendly is for people like Charlie Wakefield to do exactly what he's doing and, yeah. and things like that. That's, that's exactly how you do it. Yeah. Can I give a little plug as well to um, a webinar which is being hosted by the Old Town Community Sports Trust or they've got an involvement in it, uh, which is a survivor of the Hillsborough disaster called Martin Roberts, I think it is. Uh, and he is um, talking about his own battles with, with, with mental health and talking about it in a whole footballing context as well. So there's a webinar. That if you're interested in that kind of thing, you can subscribe to post an article about it the other day. But yes, if you want to, go on and sign up for that thing. That's another um, thing you can do to make football more, more mental health friendly. Things like that. Good things. Good things, good things. So Hilton does have one other question. Um, I get, getting a lot here, but do you think YTFC could ever be a club owned and managed by its fans, or is it destined to be a roller coaster owned by speculation? Hewish Hours or Hewish Towers? I like that. I like that. Very good, Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Hewish Hours or Hewish Towers? One, well, two word answers. Ben. I, Ian? <laughs> ben? Hewish hours. Ben? The problem is how we get there. Yeah, yeah. Hewish hours. I'd like it to be Hewish hours. I wonder whether there is the, uh, like you say, the, 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 the unity and the desire from enough people to make it. But I would like to. Hearing that Gateshead fan, hearing Dave the Gateshead fan talk about where they'd been, um, and how they'd come together. And we all know that, uh, well, if anyone's watched the Wrexham documentary, we'll, we'll know the same as well. Said it time and again, fans are the only consistent thing in a football team. So, yeah. Curious hours, please. please. That's that's all the questions on Facebook. Please. Okay. Uh, back to the data. I mean, the data doesn't give me loads. <laughs> the, the scores of the data were all below average. Um but uh, so we had 190 season ticket holders who um, took the part in the survey and uh, they on a score of if they would support a boycott, 2.74 out of 7. If they supported peaceful protest, 4.8 out of 7. Um, five, five, five out of 7. Um, 
five out of seven on uh, the SSDC will benefit from the deal to purchase US Park. Mm. How does that compare to non-season ticket holders? Oh, no, I don't know, mate. Going to be a bit this. Okay. this is a little bit. It's like running the Starship Enterprise trying to do this all at once. <laughs> and Captain Kirk, I am not. Okay, well, we have got some questions. Um, well, I think Clevo has asked the one about Adi Youssef, which I've already asked. Um, and part-time Gateshead fan Robin Batchelor comes in with three questions. Um, People are taking liberties with these questions. I know, they do take a lot of questions. Um, one of them is about Charlie Wakefield, and I think um, we have probably said everything we probably can say about Charlie Wakefield. But um, he... I, I would also like to say about Charlie Wakefield that I really hope he gets uh, back to fitness soon because I want, I want to see Charlie Wakefield in the same way right. I do, but I also want to see him feel and like I want him to do a post-match press conference that um, Worthington did. I want to see him feel that chirpiness. I want to see that because I think that's how we get the best out of Charlie Wakefield. And we want him of... with his backpack on, looking very pleased with himself. Absolutely. Like the first time he did a presser. Yes, that's yeah. what we want. But Robin does also ask, oh, this is a bit disappointing of you, Robin. Should the worst happen and we get relegated, should we be worried about not generating enough secondary spend? In the National League South, teams like Dulwich Hamlet get the majority of their income from bars. As you can buy, you can drink by the pitch. IMO, in my opinion, opening the Alex Stock Lounge won't cut it. So, Dulwich Hamlet, don't Dulwich Hamlet also have Peter Crouch? I think they do. I don't know what that's got to. Is that a connection? Is he serving <laughs> no, bonds? <but> they, <laughs> he probably got some money out of a documentary on. They, uh, yeah, I think yeah, they, 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 they historically they, mm. they, you know, they're the hipster football club, aren't they, Dulwich mm. Hamlet? In the last maybe decade, I'm not sure they were before that. I've been no. to Dulwich Hamlet a few times, and there was nothing hipster about the place then. So no, was... but they went through that whole issue with their ground, didn't they? Yeah. And. It was going to be turned Champion into Hill, it was called. What a yeah. great name that is. Yeah, it was going to be turned into houses. <clears throat> yeah. And um, towers. Towers, sorry. And yeah, they all sort of fought for it and had something to look out for, didn't they? So yeah, I, I mean, the Legends game, you could have drink on the side, couldn't you? And they had bars behind the goal, I think, didn't they? behind the Thatcher's end. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, is Robin hoping for relegation so he can drink by the pitch? <laughs> I think he's been... I noticed Robin was at South Shields against um, whoever they played in the cup the other day. So um, oh, uh, maybe... Yeah, that's right. Maybe he had a, maybe he had a pint there. But yeah. Uh, but I think we can all agree that secondary spend is definitely something that we need. And, um, and we've heard a lot from our Lords and Masters owners about how secondary spend is going to be something that they're going to do something about imminently, which is a nice open-ended word for something that's going to happen soon but there's no exact time scale for it the green and white supporters bar's got a card machine it has yeah yeah exactly well have you seen this is not to do with not to do a secondary spend but have you seen the shirt wall i've seen the shirt wall that looks pretty cool i saw that when i had to drive all the way around the ground to leave late on tuesday night uh yeah very cool what's your favorite shirt on the wall the green one not the pink one. I was hoping there was going to be a John Hall Finn serves. That was one of my, that was my first ever Yeovil shirt. I never had a green and white striped one. 
had a sponsorship, which was John Hall Financial Services. But obviously they thought it was too many letters, so it just John Hall Fin Serves. <laughs> <or something. laughs> yeah. um, uh, Mike Watts, what changes, if any, would you make to the team on Saturday to ensure that we get the three points? Leon yeah. Brit- L- uh, Louis Britton. Leon Britton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chucking him straight in. Um, and Andrew oh. on the right, Andrew the right winger. He yeah. misses that then. You and Clark because he's not done a lot wrong. You and Clark, whack you one and... high wide, not very handsome, didn't he? On those, I uh... think you and Clark misses out. Yeah, he's he's good, he's good, but I'm I don't want us to sand piercing him. And I think Sam Pearson and... did look very fatigued putting that ball in the top corner for Bristol City. He didn't, yeah. <laughs> the he way he sprinted knackered. down the wing, he looked knackered. He yeah. looked really knackered. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Andrew, the right winger, <laughs> is gonna be more of a threat going forward. You and Clark, the way he played on Tuesday, it was kind of that like, come inside and try and make things happen centrally. And it was sort of slowed things down, whereas Andrew, the right winger, did not slow anything down. No, speed it up, speed it up, ramp it up. <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> There's a call to arms there. Yeah, yeah, ramp it up, pump it up. <laughs> um, Debs Curtis, this is inspired, uh, a question inspired by Ben Barrett. Do any of you have an air fryer? And if so, what's your favourite thing to cook in it? Debs, if I see you in the queue on Aldi at Aldi on Sunday morning, trying to find a, a double air fryer, I'm, I will I will fight you for the last air fryer. Debs. I was going to say that would have to be. She would have to go a long way to Leeds. You, 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 you might have to to find firstly, one of these darn things. Yeah. Firstly, what are you doing in Leeds? Secondly, let's have a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my air fryer. Get off. Yeah. Um, I do have I do have an air fryer. I use it every day. Why do you need another one then? Because it's a it's ninety quid for like one of them really good ones, like a double draw thing. You can cook one thing and a different thing. Yeah, I don't actually. Can I confess? I don't actually know what an air fryer even is. Can you tell me? Explain it to me in twenty seconds. It's a cooker that right. cooks things quickly and right. cheaply. Okay. Like you can bung chicken nuggets and chips in there, and it cooks in like five minutes. You can do all sorts in there. Yeah, I know. I know. That was just a... all right, Ben. <laughs> sell away mate Dave just go to you know those really crappy syndicated articles that appear on like every reach website yeah there'll be one of those about things to buy during this cost of living crisis and right. an air fryer will be top mum and dad bought a ninja one and it's like the size of a Henry Hoover oh it's good did they, did they get the double jaw ninja yeah I think so a ninja one is it brand, like yeah, does it have one of those swords like a ninja sword no. okay Right, last question. Dexter Tyson, 51. If you could invite three celebrities for a dinner party, who would they be? Dead or alive? One is. Alive, preferably. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> huh? yeah, probably. Wouldn't be much conversation if you had three dead people there, would it? <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, should we take turn each? Each do one like when we did our draft, so you can't pick the <laughs> you can't pick the other one. Um, are we talking? Can we? Are we like saying like celebrities, as in you know these people are going to be on the P- front people of that okay. if you said their name, people would have heard of them. Not like um, 
Paul Smith from down the road or anyone like that. But yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying, would you? Okay, just famous. But let's just go with someone who's famous rather than celebrities. Yeah, can, who, I, who, 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 can I have Paul Gascoigne, please? Yeah. Is he bringing a fishing rod? And the chicken, I'm hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> Dave. I'll have Raoul Moat. <laughs> uh, with Paul Gascoigne. It's got a Geordie feel to it, this, isn't it? It must be the Gateshead thing. Ian, Ian if you could bring Ant or Deck, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Can't can't talk about Peter B. So yeah, he's in the Matt Letizia category. Uh, right yeah, I don't want any of them. Um uh, I think I, I'm gonna go Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl would be a good one, yeah. It's the uh, post meal yeah. entertainment sort is. Yeah. Do you want to pick not Raoul Moat, Dave? <laughs> go on, I'll go. I'll go musical. My musical hero of all time, Bob Dylan. I would. I, I would. I would invite Bob Dylan along, and I can guarantee you, he would be the most miserable guest you've ever had in your life. He would literally be. You think I'm a miserable old man? He would be an absolute miserable old man. But I'd have him there, um, just because the man's genius. Thank He'd you. make everyone put their phones in a lockbox and take them away, wouldn't he? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And we could complain about how Adele nicked his song and passed it off as her own and zero talent. But yeah, okay. So who else would you have, Ben? Okay. Um, if I was to have one from the music world, I would pick Mr. Boombastic himself, Shaggy. <laughs> oh, God. Any reason why? Uh, hero. <laughs> he managed to convince that bloke's missus that it wasn't him. She caught him on the counter. Amazing. Man's a genius. Okay, so who are yours so far? Shaggy. So, I, so I've got Gazza and Shaggy. So I've got a football one and a music one. These are such 90s like <laughs> people. <laughs> Spice Girls, come on down. Okay, so I've got Grohl. Uh, let's go for someone from the football world. Uh, it would have to be, would have to be Arson. I thought after Tuesday night, you might say um, uh, Dennis Bergkamp. <laughs> you know, because he gets to see him on Saturday afternoon playing for the Oval. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, my other one would be another one. I'd have Stephen King, the author. Um, yeah, because uh, I think he'd be, yeah, he'd be a bit dark. He'd probably um, be darker than Raul Mota, I imagine. But uh, yeah. Bob Dylan and Stephen King for you. Bob Dylan, Stephen King, and I'm going to go. It's a cheerful I'm gonna, night, isn't it? I'm going to I'm going to go for my third one, uh, Donald Trump, because <laughs> I know following Stephen King on Twitter, he hates Donald Trump. That would be hilarious just to see. I think Bob Dylan would probably just look just look disapprovingly at the uh, at the two of them. So yeah, that's what I'm going for. Wow. Okay. Who yeah. else have you got then? Shaggy and Shaggy and Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> Annika Rice. <laughs> <laughs> That's sharp. <laughs> um, That's sharp. Yeah. Can I also have? What do I? I need one from a different genre, really. I'm not much of a movie guy. Or a TV series. I'm struggling here a bit. In have you got a third? Peter K. Oh, good, good, good luck getting him tickets for him. Jesus Christ. I'm not getting tickets for him. He's coming to my house. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah, true. That's yeah. a very valid point. Um, 
he needs to get a ticket off you. Yeah, true. Um, I'm really struggling. I'm quite boring. I don't think I'd be... I, I think I need some comedy entertainment. Oh, can I have Rod Gilbert? He's funny. Yeah. yeah. You there can you have... Go. He's yours. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, why not? There we go. Yeah. So that's our... Can, can, can I speak of my disappointment that none of us said Nathan Jones... And that gives me a segue to say how oh. one, uh, what, what, what an amazing uh, thing it is that Nathan Jones, once our not even quite manager, is now manager of a Premier League football team. Um, that is that is quite something. And I, I, I promised my mate Tom, who will be listening to this from Munich, that I would be that I would mention Southampton because he is a Southampton fan, and I've had to educate him about how wearing jeans to a photo call doesn't make you a bad manager so <laughs> i think i said if you want a man who's going to wear a suit to a photo call get sam allardyce but uh, trust me you're better off with nathan jones but isn't that good that nathan jones got a premier league job deserved it's it's great it is great but do you think he's going to get enough time mm. well, i think they gave hassan a lot of time they could have yeah. pulled the trigger on hassan a long time ago yeah. if they wanted one of the know, nine but- defeats I know, but if if they like if he doesn't get them out of this, and I, I think I think they'll stick with him into next season, even if they go now. Big challenge, big challenge. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yes. But well done, Nathan. Like you say, well, former Yeovil ladies head coach. Well done. Right, that's us. Is it? That's us. No more questions. No I, more questions. Are you so going to bring us? Good- are you going to bring us three points on Saturday, please, Ian? You didn't. You yeah. failed on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, I did try my best, but well, you don't succeed. You know, I tried to invoke the spirit of Dennis Burkamp, and <laughs> you, did, you tried very hard there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, didn't can work. Have, can we have I mean, Sylvan Viltor this week, please? Yeah. Yeah, we'll try. We'll try. Um. Yeah. So I've got another fans five. So do you guys want to say bye? Bye. bye. Right, it's time for the Fans 5, and tonight we are speaking to John Oakes, the former vice chair of the Glovers Trust and a Cider Space hoodie, he's agreed to let me call him. John, welcome to the Glovers Cast. I think it's the first time we've probably spoken on the Glovers Cast, although not the first time that you and I have talked about plenty of things. No, thanks, Ian. It's the uh, first time I've been let out of my cage, so to speak. Um, But yes, glad to be here. I'm happy to Answer any questions and anything else you might want to talk about. Well, I'm not going to let you too far out of your cage. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough for a couple of questions. Um, tell the listeners, what was your first game to watch Oval Town? Uh, so my first game was at Hewish Park, which is a end-of-season game. My dad took me when I was probably about eight or nine. Um, we, I think we either drew or beat Hayes on the last game of the season and stopped them going up. Um, there was a pitch invasion, police dogs, all that sort of stuff. And um, to be honest, at that point, uh, we had Graham Roberts. And from then on, I was hooked. Nice. And who's your favourite player watching you over? Um, back in the day as a kid, it was always Warren Patmore. Um, you know, as a kid, it's always the guy who scores all the goals. Yeah. Um, but then when he came along, it was uh, Stano. Um, the story of a, a lad picked up from playing for his his local sort of town team and running his heart into the ground. That's the sort of 
stuff that all fans can get behind. And, and ever since, um, even obviously with him leaving, he's always been my favourite ever since. Nice. And do you have a favourite game? Um, tough one, this. I was thinking about this. Um, lots of people will probably plumb for the, the big games, like um, like uh, finals, semi-finals, that sort of stuff. But for me, when we were first back at Hewish Park after our brief stay at Dorchester in the season we won the, the conference 2002-2003, mm-hmm. um, our first game back was under the lights on Sky Sports against Woking. We won 4-0. And that game had everything. Now, I don't just pick that just for the streaker moment, <laughs> but it was just that total football that we had. And it, it just epitomised everything that was about that time. It was just such a fun night. And it, it was one of those games, even though it was still early in the season, where I think we all kind of knew that we were on something special that year. So, yeah, that, that particular night for me. What we do for a 4-0 win against Woking now. Exactly. Uh, well, 4-0 <laughs> win against Woking Reserves, to be honest, at the moment. But, um, yeah, let's see what happens around the corner. And do you have a favourite moment watching you over town? Um, again, I mean, I've been at the big games. Um, and you can always pick the sort of the Wem- Wembley final um, that we won. Um, but when we actually won the the conference and that that last home game against Chester, when it was absolutely fully packed and that final whistle, I mean, obviously we won the league before that, but that was probably the moment for me that I'd pick as being a Yeovil fan that you would then look back on because, yeah, it was a great um, journey up and down the league since in, um, up to 2014. Obviously after that's gone pretty badly, but um, that moment when you finally no longer non-league after over 100 years is, is, is the point for me. Now, as a as a throwaway second place, which does make me sound incredibly petty, <laughs> um, there are people listening that will might agree with me here that a, 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 a notable mention needs to go to last season away at Weymouth when that Weymouth fan got chucked out for throwing a beer over Wilco. That was... It just made a, a, like an awful dreary day that little less dreary, and uh, it's just beautiful. Um, but no, second place for that. Certainly, uh, you can't have that and those gummers ahead of uh, getting rid of our non-league title after 100 years. Yeah, I think fair to say that was probably the highlight of a nil-nil day. I've seen that happen in the first half. So yeah, I think I'll, I think yeah, most will agree with that moment of the promotion. And and what does Yeovil Town Football Club mean to you? Um, The relationship with the club is something that always, it's constantly shifting and changing. Um, When I was growing up, it was first off my second team. Um, Like a lot of kids, you get sort of a Premier League team and then that falls away. Um, And from about sort of 12 onwards, YTFC was was like my main footballing life. Um, and obviously a couple of years back with the trust and everything that kicked off with uh, our glorious owner and um, the local authority, that became a huge, huge part of my life. Um, and off the back of that, um, I kind of pulled away for, for the last sort of year or so. Um, being in exile, that, that, that's a little bit easier. Um, but in terms of how I'd, sort of describe it it's like a 
it's like uh, a close relative, like a son or a daughter, that's got a a problem, either a, an addiction or, or something like that. And you'll always love them. You'll always look out for them, and you always want what's best for them. But they hurt you a lot. <laughs> and sometimes it's that typical gift um, from the office, isn't it? Is that I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of going forward now, um, it's I'm, I'm ready to get hurt again. So they'll we'll, need a closer relationship. And I think that that type of thing will be easier um, when things get better off the pitch. Um, people get pushed away. Um, and like I said, like that, that person who continues to hurt you time and time again, sometimes the club pushes people away and I'm, I'm one of them. Yeah, I think lots of people will relate to that i think we have plenty of listeners who don't go to games anymore and for whatever reason have fallen away but still keep in touch with with the club so yeah uh nice answer there john thank you very much for taking part on the fans five really appreciate it not a problem thank you very much for having me and um up the glovers and with a quick turn skipper alex dock slams it in there's lindergaard Making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trump. Goal. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.